So good afternoon. We want to welcome everybody to our Friday edition of Coffee and Conversation. Today is Friday, May 22nd, 2020, and what strange times we're in. Um, today we're going to have some opportunity to talk with our assistant superintendent, Tom Kissinger, and our director of curriculum and instruction, Leslie Machado, about grading. And again, a weird time that we're in. Uh, for those of you I haven't met, my name is Jeff Harris. I'm the superintendent for both county and district schools for Del Norte. So let's kind of dive into the conversation. So we've had a lot, I mean, a lot of conversation with our teachers about grading. You know, we heard from the governor back in mid-March, we're going to do grading, but we're going to do no harm. What does that mean? We know that kids, not everybody had the same um, access to curriculum. Not everybody had the same access to technology. We did a lot, right? But where are we now? So Leslie, Tom, who wants to go first? So maybe I'll jump in with the first do no harm part. And I think that what's most important is when we look at equity and making sure that all of our students have the same opportunities to be successful. And the reality is, is not everybody has access to everything, to all the things that everybody else has access to. And so what we wanted to make sure is when we provided learning opportunities for students, that nobody got left out, that everybody who wanted to or needed to could access technology. Um, But we realized that we're not always kind of working on a level playing field. And we wanted to make sure that if students were putting in an effort into their work and really trying, that that there wouldn't be anything that would penalize them. So what students came in with, what, whatever grades or whatever effort that they, they had come into this, this time where we started our distance learning on March 16th, we really wanted to make sure that nobody ended up with a lower grade because they weren't able to participate or their level of participation wasn't as much as somebody else's. So thanks for that, Tom. And and just so that everybody knows, this is Leslie's first podcast. So let's give Leslie a big round of applause. Thank you, Leslie, for joining us today. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So Leslie, you know, we talk about equity and really, you know, equality is everybody gets the same thing. Equity is they get what they need. Um, just kind of in general terms, how much information, how many resources were pushed out to our kids? So we have on the buses that we have that go out every Friday and Monday, we make about 70 packets per grade level that go out Fridays and Mondays. And we also have those available at the district office uh, out front since our doors are closed. Uh, We have those available for parents to pick up. And then sites are making their own copies as well. And what we started doing the last couple weeks since we began the official distance learning is we started collecting those packets so teachers would be able to provide feedback to students on the work that they've done in their packets. So, I mean, a lot of work's gone into it, right? So we had paper versions available. We had digital versions available. And then we launched into Google Classrooms and Seesaw and... um, Canvas and all these other things, but now we get down to the brass tacks of grading. And there's been a lot of conversation around what a grades look like. I know that some school districts, um, I think it was San Francisco Unified, told parents they could pick their grade at the end of the year. <laughs> okay, what does that look like? Um, other school districts have just said every every student gets what they got, 
um, as of school closure on March 13th. Um, what are our grades going to look like for um, transitional kinder, kinder, um, who don't normally get kind of those traditional grades anyway, up through maybe sixth grade, kind of in that self-contained mode? Right. So typically our our report cards are reporting progress toward grade level standards. And at this time, that's not going to be the focus of what our grades will be showing. What it's going to truly be showing is participation and engagement that students have had throughout this time. And that participation and engagement may be looking different for each student, depending on what is going on at their home, if they're engaging digital, if they're engaging with the paper packets, or maybe a combination of both. So instead of reporting on progress towards standards, we're going to be looking at participation and providing feedback on that participation. So on the report card itself, it will be a no grade for every subject or standard. It will be a no grade for TK through fifth grade on those standards-based report cards. So when you get the report card, it's going to say a no grade or a not assessed or a not reported for TKK all the way down. So it's going to look a little different. It's going to look very different. And, and you know, that's going to be that's going to be hard to swallow. I mean, we've all gone through our school experiences and we expect to get that NSOU or that ABCD or that one, two, three, four. We expect some sort of mark. So for every child to walk home with that, parents have to understand that in this particular situation, we just couldn't assess, right? We, we couldn't address those things in a really equitable way. Yeah, in all good conscience, and I think to go back to what Mr. Kissinger was saying, uh, through the lens of first do no harm, we could not say that your student is at grade level standard in the third trimester on this specific grade level standard. What we can attest to and what we can say with certainty is that your student participated and was engaged engaging in this distance learning time, and that is going to be difficult. So Leslie, um, along with the no grade there is some opportunity to make limited comment as well, correct? Correct. That, that comment will be coming on an attached document, and it will say that either your student was fully participated, had some partial participation or engagement, or at this time we just don't have sufficient evidence to make that determination. For some reason or another, and there's no judgment there, we, we didn't have any contact with your student um, during, during this time. Tom, you know, just kind of looking at that as far as those comments that we know that we're going to get for our um, five through, what, 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds, what's it going to look like when we start rolling into seven through 12? So I'm actually going to let Leslie take the six through eight, and I'll talk about the nine through 12th. Okay, cool. So sixth through eighth grade is a letter grade. So that's where they get their A, B, C, D, and F. So teachers are able to comment and give a grade for each individual subject. Teachers this year are going to do a pass or a no grade, and they'll also be able to add a comment for each subject, like I talked about before, the full participation, the partial participation, or the insufficient evidence. So because it's not a self-contained classroom and a student might have six or seven different teachers, each teacher will be able to provide that feedback. However, in the TK-5, it's going to be one general comment of full, partial, or insufficient. And then when we get to high school, we look at our traditional high school, Del Norte High. 
at Del Norte, we're going to use a pass-fail grading system when issuing final grades at the end of the semester. So students who already receive a credit-no-credit no credit system, that's really not going to change for them. And looking at the concept of doing no harm, students who earned an F in the first six weeks but really didn't show any engagement during the rest of the semester could possibly receive an F for the semester. And that would really be the only way in which a student would receive a failing grade. While teachers could use traditional could have used traditionals A through D, A through D grading systems during the rest of the remainder of the school year, final grades will be a pass fail. So students who had a passing grade at the six week grading period but really didn't re-engage for the remainder of the term could see as much of a letter drop in their grades but won't receive lower than a D grade for the semester. And all traditional A through D grades will look will be looked on as a pass. Now, the question could come up about, what about courses where you need a prerequisite to move on? And we're really going to look at those on an individual basis with students. Well, and I think that it's important to talk about that pass-fail piece, too, because it has a lot of ramifications with it. So, you know, as we've been kind of following what's going on at CSUs and UCs, um, knowing that we have some districts where kids get to pick their own grades and we have other school districts where they have whatever they had on March 13th, um, what we've really heard from from Cal State's University of California system has been they really prefer the pass-fail because that tells us whether a student completed a course satisfactorily or or a reasonable facsimile thereof, um, or they just did not engage. And part of the conversation that we had with high school administration was if we were to assign grades, knowing that there were inequities out there, it could actually damage some of our students' ability to attend a, um, a CSU or UC. And it could also, especially for our uh, freshmen, sophomores, and juniors, it could also significantly impact their ability to participate in athletics next year. If, in fact, given COVID-19, we have athletics next year. Um, but I think those are some of the, the, the driving factors behind making sure that we were doing the pass-fail because, again, like we had said a little bit earlier, while it's going to be hard for families not to see that A, B, C, D, or F, it's really hard for teachers not to give that A, B, C, D, or F because we're really, I was an English teacher, that's a great way to communicate to a family, is a, is a student progressing, is a student doing the work they need to do, so... The other thing I wanted to point out, Jeff, is is we also have uh, a – in addition, we have an alternative high school, Sunset High. And students who go to Sunset are on pretty much a system that's going to stay as it was before. At Sunset, which is a variable credit school, it which means that students can earn their required credits for graduation as they complete them – Sunset continued along with the program that they had, although they shifted to distance learning, uh, distance learning model and provided packets as well for students. At Sunset, uh, they're continuing to operate the program that they had before because they weren't doing a traditional grading format. They were doing the, the credit, the, the credit. It was basically for credit recovery. And I think that's kind of on the county side, right? So all of Del Norte High um, and Sunset are both on the district. On the county side, we have Castle Rock that does a that's doing, I believe, also credit no credit. Yes. And then we also have Community School that's doing a lot like Sunset. So as those students are doing credit recovery, 
they're also earning those credits toward graduation. That's correct. But one of the things I'd like to point out is in talking to some of these principals, it's the the amount of communication that's gone on between principals, department chairs, teachers, the classified staff, certificated staff. I really say, I'd really have to say this has been an extraordinary group effort. And Leslie, it's probably been very similar for you, uh, kind of kind of working with folks at the elementary level. Yeah, it's been wonderful. This, this document that it, it is going to the board, um, it has changed daily for the past two to three weeks based on conversations I've had with teachers and feedback from principals. And when principals presented things, this document to their staff and questions and conversations, uh, it's been it's it's changed a lot from the inception of it. And a lot of the concerns teachers have is that, you know, we're going to be having kids possibly moving out of the area and accepting new students in. And what I want to say tragically is that this is not a Del Norte issue. Um, this is not just a California national worldwide issue. So we know that in 2020, this end of the year report cards are going to look different no matter where you come from or where you're going to, that this is going, this is going to be different. And so we'll, we'll see that when we receive students and we'll see that as our students, uh, if they were to leave us and go somewhere else. So we just know that during this time, it's going to look different for everyone. So, you know, as as we kind of think about next year too, and I think that's another, that's another topic for another day. It's another podcast. <laughs> it's another podcast. <laughs> so as we talk about next year, um, and, and we think about it, so this year I know one of the concerns that a family might have was, well, you know, next year if we have to do this independent study thing or this distance learning thing or whatever it is we call it or what it looks like, um, does that mean my child is never going to get another, quote, real grade again? So um, Kind of, let's talk about that a little bit because I know that where we are now, it's really kind of crisis learning and it's crisis response. Um, that's different than distance learning and how we might actually be able to measure student progress and growth in that model. Well, first of all, again, we don't really know exactly what school is going to look like when we start back in August. Um, but I think the expectation, and I'll speak uh, for for the, the the secondary nine through twelve, and then I'll allow you to speak, Leslie, for the for the, for the younger students. But as we shift from crisis learning to tradition to, to true distance learning, I think we are going to go back to the letter grade format and really go back to where courses are being offered um, in a way that requires engagement and and really has more of an academic focus and, um, and students would be expected to perform uh, and be rated by, by letter grades. And, and th- that, that would be at the traditional high school, and I'm assuming that the, the non-traditionals would still operate the way that they do. But, I mean, that's really for 9 through 12. What, do you, what, are, your th- what are your thoughts on, on, on K through 8, TK through 8? Yeah, so crisis learning, you know, on a Friday, we said goodbye to our kids on Thursday, and we're expecting on Monday, it would be business as usual. So, and that did not happen. So we weren't, there was no plan made. There was, we weren't able to make a plan. The difference now in looking at distance learning is we are looking at all of the different options and models that might be open to us. And what are the, what is the best practices for distance learning instruction? And what are the best practices for online assessment and, and engaging uh, students' progress towards standards? So I think it's going to feel much more like a typical school 
uh, in distance learning if, if we have the opportunity to continue with this in this fashion in the fall. Oh, exactly. And, and you know, I, I also want to make sure that folks understand that we're not just looking at distance learning models. Uh, I think we're going to have to really kind of look at three. One of those is distance learning. What if we can't come back, right? What if our facilities can't open for whatever reason? Um, the second piece of that is more of a blended learning where some students are on campus for partial uh periods or part of the day. Other students are learning from home and maybe they, they're swapping on and off. And then we also have the um, what if everybody's back. And I think with COVID-19 um, still being an issue in the next 12 to 18 months, um, still not having a, a vaccine, still not having comprehensive testing and some things like that, um, we could find ourselves weaving in and out of any or all of those models throughout the course of a year. So um really having grading structures in place that help us, and I think systems too, right, Leslie? So as we talk about common assessments, to really help assess where students are and then report those back to families because families have always been partners in education. Um, I think the difference is now they're named partners in education. <laughs> they're, they're part owners here um, because, you know, our families are, are at home are those secondary teachers. For sure. It's going to look different. It's going to look different than what it has traditionally. And I, I think that education forever will be changed by by this pandemic and how we look at doing business in schools is going to look different. I mean, who would have thought back in January and February we'd be where we are today? And I'd actually have to say that I think one of the most fascinating things has been the amount of collaboration that's happened with all different staff members as we looked at how are we going to how are we going to work on grades? How are we going to get kids back into school? What are the different things we're going to do to keep schools safe? I mean, the collaboration I think has been outstanding. Oh, I would have to agree. You know, I, I think the, so. This is my twenty fifth year in education. You know, so go, kind of going through the silver anniversary has been COVID nineteen. <laughs> what a gift! So, um, you know, as we've kind of been talking, I wonder what the golden anniversary is going to be for you. I, I'm not, we're not even going to go there, Tom. <laughs> So, but, but, you know, I think as we go through, uh, you're right. I mean, when we talk about these, these huge transitions, my very first year of teaching was the first year they rolled internet out to classrooms. Wow. Right. And here we are 25 years later and on a dime, our teachers have done such an incredible job collaborating around distance learning, um, collaborating around uh, this grading policy, collaborating around lesson design, collaborating in a brand new format, a, a new way of delivering education to our kids. I, I don't think it's anything less than um, <laughs> astonishing, miraculous, whatever. You know, and, and we also look at our classified staff because, you know, we always talk about teachers but as we're looking at our classified staff, we're in our classrooms and we're seeing classified staff working with teachers doing breakout rooms with kids. Mm -hmm. We're seeing them do interventions. We're seeing them pull kids out and just have these kind of conversations with them to support learning along the way. And the same thing with our special education teachers, our um, speech and language pathologists, all of our different employee groups are working with kids in ways that I don't think they ever may have imagined or thought was possible. And it's really become kind of a an interesting dynamic. So I just want to put a plug in for the Wednesday webinar that's coming up. We're going to hear from some of those fantastic teachers showing some of the amazing things that they're doing right now in their classrooms. 
So I want to thank you both for, for joining us today. Um, again, uh, we just want to let our community and families know that the grading that is coming out is really going to be for K-8, that kind of um, no grade, not assessed, uh, pass-fail type thing. So that's what you're going to see. There'll be much more written and explicit information in the upcoming week. Um, we, are, we will be sending a letter home, right, Tom? Yes, the letter will be sent home next week. Yeah, and so it'll explain a little bit more. Everyone should receive a copy of that. Um, but before we go today, we just want to make sure that we kick out a few other issues uh, or a few other topics. We want to say thank you to all of our classified employees. Um, as we're kind of coming to the end of Classified Appreciation Week, um, this is our opportunity to to really say thank you. If you know a classified employee, stop them, say thank you for everything they do. Without our classified employees, we could not run the district. We also want to remind everyone that tomorrow, if you haven't already received your um, PEBT card, if you've not been directly certified for EBT food benefits, tomorrow that window opens for all families who have a child enrolled in a Del Norte school to apply for a PEBT card. That PEBT website can be found at, or the link rather, can be found at www.dnusd.org slash family resources. You can click right on there um, and you're eligible for one PEBT card for each child you have enrolled in a Del Norte school. And I believe that's about $365 as a one-time prepaid card that every family is eligible for. And then uh, just a quick reminder, too, that we will be resuming our meal deliveries this coming Tuesday, May 26th. So we hope everyone has a great Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we do want to recognize the reason that we are having Memorial Day and thank all of those who served and, and have lost their lives in the service of our country and those who are currently serving. Um, it, that's a great, great honor to to know you and to have you do that and leslie you have one right i have one june 9th we'll be shipping out so thank you yeah well, that's great so again thank you for joining us for coffee and conversation and we look forward to seeing you next week thank you yeah, thank you